0: I just can't do it, I just can't do it. When's the last time you said that? Do you remember? Was it when you were in school, like Zoom school, and you just thought, I I just can't do it? Or maybe it was in your marriage, I can't stay here another day. Or work, I can't stand my boss. Maybe it's parenting. I don't know what to do with these kids. I just can't do it. Was it your faith? Maybe you were praying or reading scripture and you heard the whisper of God and you said, I just can't do that. I just can't do it. In our part of the world, perhaps more than any part of the world or at any time in history, um, you're right. You just can't do it. Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) Let me ask another question. What do you depend on for everyday life? You know, the Puritan work ethic that we grew up in in America, uh, it's a real thing. You pull yourself up by your own bootstraps by gum. Um, we celebrate the rigid, rugged individualist. The, they're our heroes. The, the actors and the movies, the TV shows, the radio shows, for those of you old enough, like those rugged individuals, that's the people that we, we just heroize. I don't know if that's a word. But we make them our heroes because we want to be like that. <laughs> As Baptists, it's sort of our thing too. We believe, after all, in the priesthood of the believer. You can't tell me what I believe. I believe whatever I want to believe. Right? Or for churches, the autonomy of the local church. There's no no bishop or pope that can tell us what to believe. We're Baptists. We're going to believe what we want to believe. We're individualists. It's the way we are. That's why we celebrate Independence Day with such vigor, because we are independent. There's only one problem with that. It's really not Christian. Sorry. Like the Bible says, you can't be that way. I may be getting ahead of ourselves. Proverbs chapter three. If you've got a Bible, turn with me to Proverbs chapter three or on your device, find it there as well. If you you don't have a Bible, there's a, in this room anyway, there's a, a pew rack in front of you and there's a Bible in there. It's on page 377. And if you don't own a Bible, would you take that as a gift from our church? We would love for you to have that and read it. I'd suggest you start with the gospel of John. But for right now, Proverbs chapter three, We're going to read the first six verses and see what God has to say about Independence Day. Proverbs 3, beginning in verse 1. The wisest man who ever lived said, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years. And your life will will be satisfying. Never, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Would you read verse five with me? We'll put it up on the screen for you. Read it out loud, here we go. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Let's start with that second line. Do not depend on your own understanding. Do not, do not, like in Monopoly. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. Or do not, like do not enter. Or do not touch, do not. In the Hebrew, I checked with some scholars. They say that do not means do not. Do not. It seems pretty straightforward, right? Do not. And then depend. Oh, and in the version that you may have memorized of this verse, you might know trust. But depend. Depend or lean. Lean. Do not lean on your own understanding. I need a volunteer. Stephen, would you help me out? Come up here. Would you lean on this table? Nice. Now stand up. Okay, stay right there. Now lean on the table. Lean. You're you're not leaning on the table, you're leaning on your legs. Come on, lean on it. I'm not going to let it move. I got you. There you go. See Stephen leaning? He's, He's leaning. All right, stand up. Okay, come on, come on, I, I got you, I, lean on it, come on, lean, come on, come on, come on, you got it, do a plank, there you go, there you go, okay, thank you, that's it. That's leaning like Proverbs says. It's not leaning like, huh, I feel better, I've got something to lean on, it's leaning like if it moves, I'm done. Do not lean or depend on your own understanding. Thank you, Stephen. Would you all thank Stephen? He's so brave. Do not depend or lean on your own understanding. I don't know about you guys, I love understanding things. In fact, I hate not understanding things. If I don't understand something, it drives me crazy. Jackie and I will be driving, we were driving back from, I was in school down in Florida, we were driving back and she asks you know, 74,000 questions because she has such a curious mind, I love that about her. And she said, what is, and I don't even remember, I'm like pick a question, why is the sky blue? She did ask that once. Um, And so we just now ask Google because we want to understand everything. In fact, if you're a student or have ever been a student, if you don't understand things, you fail. Like it's built into the fabric of the way we do things. And God says, do not depend on your own understanding. I don't understand that. Maybe that's the point, I don't know. So that's the second line, go back to the first, trust in the Lord. Who is the Lord? It's really interesting if, if you'll do a little research in your Bible, and, and many of you have already done this, um, Lord appears in a couple of different ways. It'll have a capital L, lowercase O-R-D, or small caps O-R-D. That's because there are two primary Hebrew words used for, for Lord in, in the First Testament, in, in the Old Testament. It's, it's Lord Yahweh and your Lord Yahweh. Adonai, Yahweh is a more personal name. Adonai is a more global name. And so the Hebrews just regularly used both. But there are a lot of other names for God in the Old Testament. Shout some out. Shout them out loud. If you're watching online, by the way, drop one in the chat. It'd be really fun to go back after the service and see what you said. The various names of God are in the Bible. But in the room, loud enough for the people online to hear. Shout some out. Jehovah. 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 Say again, Rick. I am, yeah. You have to shout because I don't hear as well as Tim does. That's why I'm a musician. Elohim. What else? El Shaddai. Yeah, it was a great Amy Grant song in the '80s. Anybody else? King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So many, if you're not familiar with a study that came out, speaking of the 80s, back in the late 80s by Henry Blackaby called Experiencing God, he lists in the back of that book all of the names of God in scripture, and and I think there are something like 300. I mean, they're just incredible because, you know, God is indescribable, and so we keep trying to come up with names to describe him. Here's why that matters. The Lord here, Yahweh, is a personal God. He is there for you. He's there to save you. He's there so that you can depend on Him and He will never, ever, ever fail you. This is the faithful God that you can depend on, that you can trust in. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Oh, this is a phrase is one of my favorite. I love it with all my heart. I say that so often. I love Jackie with all my heart in a very different way. I love my daughters, Catherine and Emily, with all my heart. I love to watch UK basketball with all my heart. I love, well, I love the ocean with all my heart. I love my job with all my heart. You probably have some things that you love with all your heart too, right? I didn't mention my dog. He'll be upset if he doesn't hear. So, Just kidding. But anyway, we love things with all our heart. Are you, are you seeing the depth of this verse? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Will you read it with me again? Think about what we just said. All that stuff. Read it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding understanding. I wonder if an image would help. So um, let's start with this picture. This is um, a younger guy. We'll call him Rod. And this is an older guy. we'll, We'll call him God. Okay. And so when I think about trusting God, depending on God, leaning on God, this is often the way I think about my relationship with God. It's close. It's a bro hug. You know, bring it in. I, I, I feel that embrace when I pray. I feel it when I sing and lead worship. I'm feeling it right now because I have an army of people praying for me because I'm so terrified. Um, I, I love this image of the way that I think about my relationship with God, but can I just tell you, I think it's a really poor way for me or you to think about our relationship with God. This looks a little bit like if I wouldn't hold on, he might fall over. But a different image might help a little better. This is probably a little bit more of what that looks like. I'm the little baby, and if dad lets go, I'm done for. (laughs) I am on the ground probably with injuries and maybe even dead. This I would describe as a divine embrace. God holds on to us. Remember, he's trustworthy. He's good. He's Yahweh. He is here for you. He is all you could ever need. You might have heard that thread running through the songs this morning. It was so powerful listening to it after preparing for the sermon and knowing what I was going to talk about to listen to those lines in the songs that we sang. And in Psalm 22 that Melissa put together with Monisa and the team, wow, that was amazing. Just you can trust God because he's holding on to you. It was... um, Gosh, a long time ago now that Jackie's mother passed away of cancer. And there were songs that were very popular on the radio that were very helpful to us as a family. One of them was a Natalie Grant song called Held. Still on the radio, um, 15 years or so after it came out. And it's just a beautiful song. This is just a few of the words say, this is what it is to be loved. This picture of a dad holding a baby, of God holding us. This is what it is to be loved. And to know that the promise was, when everything fell, we'd be held. This is what it means to be held. Listen to it. Oh, this is what it is to be loved. And to know. We'd be held Can you imagine Jesus holding on to you? The Father holding on to you? What it means to be held And so here's the rub As North Americans, United States people, in 2021, we are raised, reared, trained to be independent and powerful, but we're called by God to be submissive and surrendered. And so on this Independence Day, on July 4th, we find ourselves in a country that says, be your own man, be your own woman, you can do it all by yourself. And God says, be my man, be my woman, you can only do it if I do it through you. How in the world can we go from being raised to be powerful and independent to being submissive and surrendered? Honestly, it's like when, when a, a hammer is going to go out and build a barn on, on the farm. The, the hammer's just going to go out and build. I'm going to build that barn. I can do it. I can do it. Well, it's a hammer. Need somebody to hold it in his hand. You and I are hammers. That's all we are. The barn won't get built without the hammer, but it's the builder that does the work. Not the tool held in the divine embrace of the Father. Here's, gosh, I wrote things down because I'll talk too long if I don't write them down, so so bear with me. We are part of God's story. In other words, if we try to make God a part of our story, it might seem like he is depending on us to get things done. (laughs) That's ridiculous, isn't it? But how often do we live like that? When we make ourselves part of God's story, we must be dependent on him. The divine embrace is not us holding on to ourselves or even us holding on to God or even us holding on to each other. No, it's God holding on to you. And so when you say, I just can't do it, I wanna tell you it's okay, because Christ in you can. He's holding on to you. You are held in the divine embrace. The moral implications of this way of thinking are enormous. You see, we decide, because we're writing our own story and trying to figure out how to get God a part of our story, that we, we choose to believe the things in the Bible we want to and not believe the things in the Bible we want to because, don't want to because it's our story, by golly, and therefore I'm going to write my story with my rules instead of submitting and surrendering to God's story and his rules, which are the way that we live in a divine embrace, which is how we have full and abundant life. So instead of inviting Jesus into your friendships, what if you were to invite your friendships into God's story? Or instead of trying to include Jesus in your dating life, what if you fit your dating life into the story of God? Instead of trying to make sure you get Christianity into your marriage, what if you talked together with your husband or your wife about how your marriage could fit in God's story Instead of making sure you use Jesus and parenting so that you do it well, what if you thought with your holy imagination about the way that godly children could fit into the story of God that he's writing? Rather than trying to share your faith with those you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you to to share your faith with, what if you just stopped and prayed, God, help me. How can this conversation become a part of the story you're writing with my life? Are you starting to see here? Imagine how radical a life of living in dependence of God could be. Everything meaningful that has happened in your life, God did. Everything that's meaningful in your life, God did. I don't know about you. That makes me want to have God do more things so that I can have a more meaningful life. I want to be held. I wanna be embraced and I wanna live out of that. So I'd like to suggest three ways that we can move from independence to in dependence on God. The first one is immerse yourself in scripture. Now, I know preachers say, read the Bible, and I understand we're supposed to read our Bible, and I have read the Bible more in my years at Woodburn than all of the years before I came here put together, and I am so glad I did, but I wanna talk a little bit about immersing yourself in scripture. Don't just read a verse, find yourself in the verse. Where do I fit? In the story of the prodigal son, am I the older brother, the younger brother, the father, the hired hand, the person in the far off country tempting the younger brother. Like, who am I in this story? Immerse yourself in scripture. I think you will find that it has incredible depth that you have not yet discovered. A quick reading of 1 Corinthians 15, 22 may seem like a verse that doesn't have a lot of relevance to you and me. I'll put it up here because I I think it, um, yeah. Let's see if we can immerse ourselves in this verse and find out what it means for us. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. See, when you and I live Adam's life, the life of self-sufficiency, the life of, I'm going to eat that apple. I don't care what he says. When we live that that kind of life, we die. All of those ways of living lead to death. But all of the ways of Jesus lead to life. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ are all made alive, is the way I memorized that verse. It's so good to know that you can live in the life of Christ in his divine embrace in utter dependence on him. I really have to move on. I'm halfway through and I have two minutes left. Um, So immerse yourself in scripture. If you'll come back on Wednesday night, by the way, six o'clock in this room, I'm gonna give you tools Wednesday night for how to do this. Um, I'm going to give you a handout. I'm going to show you slides. I'm going to show, I mean, all kinds of tools that we as a church want to make sure you have access to so that you can learn to, if you're not already, learn to immerse yourself in scripture. So I, I hope you'll come back for that. The second thing I would say after immersing yourself in scripture is that you would pray for others and pray for intimacy, pray with the purpose of intimacy. In other words, don't just say, God, would you bless my mom and dad? And I, I hope you're praying for your parents. They need it. I'm a parent. I know but that you would actually pray just to know God. Have a list. I keep a list in Evernote on my phone. It's broken down uh, most of it by categories and then there are some things that I pray for on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays all the way through the week. Um, I have used that as a discipline all of 2021 and it has radically changed my prayer life. If you're not already doing that, I encourage you. Find a way, whatever works for you, find a way to have a list. You might write it on a, note, on a sheet of paper and put it on your refrigerator. You might find a marker proof thing you can use in the shower and, and waterproof thing and write it in the shower. So that as you're getting ready in the morning, you're praying, whatever it is, just find ways to pray for people, but don't stop there. Once you've gotten pretty comfortable with that, start praying in such a way that you just want to be with Jesus. For example, you're sitting quietly in prayer and you just use your holy imagination. and You think what color was Jesus' skin? How big was his nose? How long was his hair really? Did he have a beard? Probably. Can you see it? Can you see his face? And then as you're sitting there trying to imagine, using your holy imagination, trying to to think of what Jesus might look like, you see in his eyes, what color are they? And then through his eyes, you allow the love of the Father to wash all over you. Who wouldn't want to pray like that? It's called contemplative prayer, and I'll invite you to be a part of that. Again, come on Wednesday night, I'll tell you more. I have to move on for now. So immerse yourself in scripture, pray for others and for intimacy, and then finally, worship publicly and privately. I would like to remind you that all worship is personal, but not all worship is private. In other words, when you walk into the sanctuary at Woodburn Baptist Church, or whatever church you typically attend, then your worship is always personal, but sometimes it's public. Like, you want people to see, I love Jesus, and if you can't tell, I'm not doing it right. There is a public nature to worship, but let's start with private worship. Imagine, if you would, if you can, imagine what would happen if every day this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, everybody in this room, or in the sound of my voice, everybody, spend about 10 minutes worshiping on their own. And by worshiping, I mean whatever you think that means. Pray, read scripture, sing, Come back Wednesday, I'll have tools for you about that too. Um, pray, worship, whatever it is, but you worship on your own. And I don't just mean like have your quiet team, I mean worship, tell Jesus, I love you so much. Sing to him. Sing to him whatever song connects your heart with the heart of the Father. I did a little, a little research on Facebook, I know it's, the, it's you know, incredibly authoritative, so I went to Facebook for research. I asked the Woodburn Baptist Church group, I said, tell me some songs that really help your heart connect with the heart of God. I I got one email from Suzanne who isn't on Facebook, but she said, I heard about it. I got to get my votes in. So um, that's great. I loved it. There are about 25 people I heard from. Almost nobody had the same songs. You know how hard that makes my job? Like, I can't pick songs to please y'all. But what if you got all the songs that please y'all on your own time and then we came together as a church family and we worshiped not really worried about what I get out of it, but I came so full, I can't wait to give out of what God has given me all week. How radically would Sunday be different if we came in full instead of came in hungry? I don't think I can imagine, but I'd love to try. So this week, immerse yourself in scripture. Pray. Pray for one another. Pray for your family. Pray for the lost in your life. And then worship on your own, by yourself, in the car, in the shower. Worship. Worship by listening to Bill Gaither or Bethel Worship or Chris Tomlin or I don't care. Whatever it is that helps your heart connect with the heart of the Father, just cut loose and love him out loud. And then come back next Sunday. And I can't wait to see what church is going to be like when I get to step back into my regular role and lead you in worship. All right, some next steps. I'd like to give you four things you can do, and this is super fast. Well, let me, let me say one more thing because I want to make sure I get this in because I have a screen for it. If God wants you to do it, he will empower you to do it. As you surrender, you will find power. Now that last sentence is as mind-blowingly paradoxical as anything I know to say, but as you surrender, you will find power. I can't tell you how often I have experienced that. I'll bet many of you could testify to the same. I surrender to what God wants me to do and I feel powerless and then he empowers me in his power and all of a sudden I have power like I never imagined. I don't say that because any of us are on a power trip. I say that because when you are doing what God empowers you to do, it will blow your mind. It's surrender. In this Independence Day sermon, will you think about how you can stop being so independent and start thinking about how you can live in dependence on God? Okay, four next steps, super brief. First, decide. Just decide. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna find ways to live in dependence on God. Second, it may be that if that decision is hard for you, And my suspicion is, for most of us in the room, that's hard. Come to the altar. We're about to sing a song. Come to the altar and pray. And just ask God to seal that decision to your heart. Ask him to seal it to your heart. You don't have to spend a long time. Nobody's gonna worry about you. We might love you and pray for you. Third, After you have decided and come and prayed, come back on Wednesday night. Did I mention Wednesday night at 6 o'clock in this room? I'm going to give you some tools. I'm really excited about these tools. So come back on Wednesday, and I would love to share more with you. And then fourth, if you're not already, join a small group or a fire team or the Monday night gathering at Renee Anderson's house. Find a way. Find a way to get in community with other believers who are on the same quest, and you will find all kinds of possibilities open up to you. And that's it. That's all I got on this Independence Day, is a challenge for us to move from living independently to living in dependence on our Father. Will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness. Even in answering the prayers of so many who have lifted me up and in this moment, trying to surrender to you, I have sensed that you are at work in this room, so thank you for your faithfulness. I pray, Father, that you will empower us to live in dependence on you, embraced by you, so that we can do all you've called us to do. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior. Amen.